Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, everyone. It's an exciting week here in L.A. It's just beautiful. We are having unbelievable weather in the 70s, high 70s and low 80s. Beautiful and sunny and not raining, which is what we really need, but it certainly is beautiful. And I just heard from someone back east, and she sent me a picture of her house completely covered with like two feet of snow. So my heart goes out to everyone who is struggling with the weather, for whatever it may be. And hello, I'm so glad to be here on the Wednesday. Okay, now the first thing is I want to at least say, hey, uh, if you want to call in, let me give you the number. It's 646-668-8565. Again, it's 666. 666- 646-668-8565. I do have a full plate for today, but I can still, I can delay some of it till next week. So if we get a caller, great. I really want to make this show for you, but I have today a terrific, 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 terrific issue that we've all had in some way, shape, or form. And I will explain that in a minute, but it's going to be a really great healing today. And if I don't get a caller, and I'm not completely <laughs> um, out of time because this healing will probably be fairly substantial. Just explaining all of it is going to be a big part. But I think you guys are going to really relate, really resonate with with parts of it because we've all had this kind of thing. In any case, I also want to tell everyone about how the expo went. I don't know if you remember, but I said last that I was going to be in this Conscious Life Expo this past weekend, and it was my first, it was my maiden voyage, so to speak. I'd never been to an expo, let alone had a booth and and was one of the exhibitors at an expo. It was completely new and completely fun. (laughs) I really, really enjoyed it. The, it, it was a really big, big thing. It was at the LAX Hilton here in L.A., right near the LAX airport, and there were many, many people there. I don't know how many, but certainly many. The There were exhibitors on three different floors. It didn't take over the, all the floors because, of course, some of the hotel has to be for the regular guests, but there was plenty of space, plenty, plenty, plenty of space for the exhibitors, and they were just everything you can imagine that might have anything to do with the term conscious life. It was all sort of a lot of the new age. It was great. They had many speakers and I didn't get to go to any speakers. I did give a talk and it was because I signed up so late. It was three o'clock on Friday and the the expo opened for visitors at three o'clock on Friday. And even though the three o'clock talks, because I wasn't the only one, were advertised on the website in the actual brochure that that was handed out to all the people who came to the 
expo uh, did not even have the three o'clock in it. So, but the amazing thing was people found me anyway. They were coming through the whole thing. So it was not that smooth, of course, you know, what it couldn't have been helped. I, I knew that the time was a weird time and probably I would have been lucky to have anyone. I probably had maybe 10 or 12 by the end, which was great. And Robin Kim, my honorary co-host, did come with someone, and it was just really fun to see her and everyone else who was there. The but to but I know that the next time I'm going to sign up for something, whether it's this expo or some other opportunity, I'm going to sign up way way earlier so I can get a good time to to talk. But it got my feet wet, and I did it, and I really felt good about it, whether or not everybody heard the whole thing. So that was terrific. The other part of it, which was great for me, I mean, it was all great, was that I met a lot of really good people. I had a booth in the lower lobby. It was not very well marked, so I don't think we got quite the traffic that the main lobby and the mezzanine got, but that was okay with me because everyone I met was just, they were really, really decent people, really, really people who were really interested. You know, this kind of expo would call in people who were really seeking and searching and trying to, to learn and to grow and to get healthy in every way, and that's what the expo was there for. It was, it was, it was a good resource for a lot of people. And at some point, I decided, I guess on Friday, that I would do healings. So I did healings, did a lot of healings, and that was really interesting. I'm not very good at making them terribly short, so I think Friday I had maybe six. Saturday I had over a dozen. And Sunday I probably did about eight. I finally had to stop because it was well, well, two things. One, it's it's you. It's really intense work, and I would have one person. I had a line. I had a line, guys. How about that? <laughs> that was exciting. So there was no break, and also I had my eyes shut much of the day, so I was unable to interact with a lot of people. So I've decided on next time I do it, I'm going to have a sort of a schedule. I think set up so that I do a healing, and then I have maybe a 15 minute break, and then I. I do another one, and then I get time at lunch. As a result, I didn't get to see very much of the expo myself. I did go out a couple of times and literally went around just to see what was there maybe for 15 or 20 minutes because I didn't have much time. So I think I'm going to build time in for myself next time so I can really take more advantage of the wonderful things that are are there. Um, Not everything is for everyone, of course. But what I loved about it was there was so much choice that anybody could have found something that would have spoken to them and they would have resonated to uh, to, to that. So it was it was really terrific. I mean, there was jewelry there and clothing and book people selling books on every subject. There were were um, food, uh, fresh foods, uh, essential oils. <laughs> every kind of metaphysical orientation at the different booths that you can imagine, a lot of psychics, a lot of healers, a lot of, just a lot. It was great. So anyway, that was my maiden voyage, and I consider it a big success. Now, 
I do want to mention, too, that I am not going to be doing the radio show next week. It is unfortunate because I love it every week, but a few months ago, my son called me and said, you know, Mom, when was the last time you, me, and my daughter uh, had been away together just to go be away and hang out together. And I said, what, 16 years ago (laughs) when my son was 10? Uh, And he said, right. So we decided to make a plan and we decided to go skiing together. And it's next week and I will be on the plane on that Wednesday. I'll be gone for a week, but I will have the show the following week. And we're going to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which I've heard is one of the few places in the country that has snow so far this year, uh, although I think there are some, but the snow isn't, hasn't been great in a lot of the normally great areas, more of that unusual uh, weather pattern that we're having more and more often, these, it seems. Anyway, it has plenty of snow, and it turns out I have a, one of my oldest friends that I grew up next door to lives in Jackson Hole, so I'll have an opportunity to see her, and we stayed in touch all these years for sure, but we don't rarely get to see each other. So it's very exciting. I'm really looking forward to it, but I will not have the show next week. So I wanted to let you guys know. Okay. So today, guys, we're doing a healing for Rebecca. Now, Rebecca actually is a made-up name. I'm keeping this completely private, the whole thing, and you'll see why. It's important because Rebecca has a specific experience within a specific situation. And it's, number one, uh, there's no need in any way, shape, or form to pinpoint any specific situation that's not working for her because in her mind and in mine as well, it's not about that situation being bad, wrong, or whatever. The, The whole issue for Rebecca and I'm going to get into it in just a little bit more in a minute. Um, The whole issue for Rebecca is she's no longer happy in that situation. Okay. So let me explain. I'm going to be using this term organization. Okay. She's part of an organization, but I'm using it very lightly in a general sense because, in fact, if you just – Take the term organization and relate it to your own life. It can be for anybody. It can be a spiritual organization. It can be a political organization, a corporate one, a societal one. It can be any private organization. It can be any kind of organization at all. So that's why I'm using the term in a very general, loose sense. Because the issue for Rebecca, in fact, has happened to all of us in different ways, in different situations. But because the the issues are similar, I really want to, I really was excited when she wrote me and e- sent me an email and asked me to do this healing for her because I feel it, it's so common. This is a very common issue for all of us. And if we haven't already been through something like this more than once, we certainly know Dozens of people who have. It is very, very, very common for us. For us, but but so I'll be working on Rebecca, but.
but I want you to also, when we get to the healing part, to please take part because it's really going to be for all of us. All right, so let me explain better. You'll, you'll understand in a minute. Now, Rebecca, a couple of years ago, she became part of an organization that she really resonated with her, and it, what, it, what it was all about seemed like it was right up her alley. So she became a part of the organization, and as she spent time there, she really began to feel connected and and. As a result, she was making friends and she felt more confidence in herself and really started to connect and feel more and more part of the organization instead of, at first, you know, when you move into any kind of organization, whether you've gotten a job with a corporation or you've moved to a new uh, church maybe or or you've gotten involved in a political uh, situation, you know, in the beginning you feel a little bit like a newbie and a little bit not really a part of it. But as time went by, she became more and more and more a part of it, began to make close friends, started participating in more of the activities, even became a, began leading an activity every week. So she was very much moved into the organization. And as a result, the organization itself had a pretty big impact on her life. Not only did it did she enjoy what the organization was intended for and did, did that was that a part of her life? But she also the colleagues and the friends that she made there became part of her life. She began to socialize with some of the, the better friends that she had there. Now, at the same time though, separate from the organization, she started a seeking and search pattern in regards to self-help and healing and self-awareness and self-expansion and all of these kind of issues because the this part of her life, she moved into this phase of really just trying to figure out what was going on, who she was, where she was going, what is the world all about, you know, all of those things that if you're listening to the this, this show, you've probably done as well. And as a result, she found herself opening up to new ideas different approaches to to life, her issues, uh, different viewpoints about people and about situations and conditions. And she also got involved in self-healing and, and really worked on herself, and she felt better and better and better about herself. Not that she didn't feel good about herself when she started in the organization. She did, but it just kept growing and getting better. Now, now what ha- what, so what happened? <laughs> What happened is with her inner changes, aspects of the organization, the rules, the shoulds and shouldn'ts, the belief systems that were part, some were spoken and out, you know, spoken and very conscious and others were more at that inherent unconscious level. But they began to feel limiting to her. They began to feel like they weren't working for her over time. It didn't, you know, as she discovered more of who she was and moved into her own individual, individual, individuality more and more, some of the spoken and unspoken inherent rules or shoulds and, shoulds and shouldn'ts and rights and wrongs just didn't, she just didn't connect with them so much anymore. And slowly but surely, she began to feel more and more limited by the organization and more unhappy with her being a part of it. 
Now, she knew and still knows that what the organization is all about and what it espouses is actually has good intent behind it. It's not that she discovered that they're really manipulative people who, you know, were out to do harm. It wasn't that at all, but it was, as if you've been listening to the show, there's more than one road to Rome. And this road that, or this mission statement of the organization, so to speak, was one that sort of felt limiting after a while because she discovered in her seek and searching that there were more than one ways to look at things. There were more than one approach. There were different ways to to be and it and this individuality that was blossoming and and becoming and growing and uh, moving into her her own self awareness and into her world was no longer able to fit in with the the viewpoints and the beliefs that were part of the organization that basically you had to agree with in order to be a part of it. And she felt less and less like it was working for her. Okay. Now, she she said that her, okay, here she wrote, hence my dilemma. I'm totally entrenched in the organization, but I'm living a lie there. I can't really share what's going on inside me with others, but the organization is no, and, and what it espouses and the beliefs are no good for for my body, my mind, or my spirit. And so what she's done is she's gotten less and less involved. She's pulling back. She's She's not interacting or participating as much. And her friends want to know what, what are, what's going on. And she knows that it's fear holding her back, fear of the judgments from others, fear of losing her close friends, and a lot of her social life, actually, and even fear that if she's leaving, maybe she's making a big mistake. Maybe there really aren't any other roads to Rome, and maybe this is the one path that she absolutely needs to be on. And, you know, we can call that fear self-doubt, because honestly, um, as much as she's moved into her own, more and more into her own individuality, that self-doubt we all have can (laughs) rear its ugly head from time to time. So, okay, she wrote me another email a little bit later, and she said, she kind of expanded on the fear of judgments from others. And this is what she said. The fear of being rejected or judged by others or hurting other people's feelings is so deep within me that the thought of it practically makes me feel I can't breathe or like I'm going to die. Not surprising then, most of my life I've just tried to please people and be the good, nice girl. It gets confusing, though, because I I really am a good, nice girl, but I want to have choice in the matter. The idea that what other people think of me is none of my business sounds good on paper, but truly living it is another matter. It's not easy at all. She said my sisters and uh, are not at all like her in this way, and she said that she had a very good childhood with very caring, loving parents who encouraged individualism, but 
of all of the children, her sisters aren't like her, she took on this need to be the good, nice girl, and she feels that the heart of the matter probably has to do with past lives. And, uh, you know, you know me, you're talking to the choir, of course, yes, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with past lives. Okay, before I get to the healing, though, let me say here, what is key is that beliefs of any sort, within any modality, within any organization, within any situation and condition, can box us in. It's really important to understand that. Now, I want to give you a symbol, and I have a feeling I've used it before. I know I use it, but I'm I'm not sure just how often I've used it on the radio. But I want you to think of our process evolutionarily or through our life, if you don't want to look at the the greater uh, evolutionary process. Just look at our lives. The process, I'm going to give you an analogy. When we're born, we are taking steps all the time of learning and growing and becoming more conscious and aware. And it's as if we're moving up a mountainside. So I want you to think of the analogy of a mountain. And the mountain has, you know, at the top, sometimes, especially as adults, we want to be at the top already. But in fact, to get to the top of that mountain, you have to go up the path. You have to take the steps winding around that help you go up this mountain. And you increase your awareness. You increase your consciousness, and you move up slowly but surely, taking those steps. Sometimes you go speed through a few steps pretty quick, and sometimes you spend a little more time on another one. We're all like this, and on and we're on this journey of awareness to get to, quote-unquote, the top, even though in evolution there is no top. It just continues, but just to bring a simple analogy... I'm using the mountaintop, but there really isn't any end goal. But here's what happens, guys. Sometimes we get to a step. <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> we get to a step in our pathway, and it just resonates with us. We can't believe it. We found this step that's you know, if you imagine on the mountainside, it has a beautiful view. The sun comes through the, the trees. It feels perfect for us. We see other people on that around that step, and we feel we resonate with them. And what do we do? We build our house there. First, we start with a tent, and then we're still happy. A week later or a month later or a year later, we build our house there, and we say, this is where I need it to be. This is the answer for me. This is what makes me happy, fulfilled, uh, feeling good about myself. And we just decide to hang out there. Now, at some point, and it's different depending on the steps, it's different depending on the situation, the condition, what the issue is about. But at some point, we start to feel the limitations around that place on the mountainside. We realize that we're, our view is limited. Gee, if we went up a few steps, we could see bigger viewpoint. Or we feel like all the people around us, we're all sort of the same. We're all sort of 
similar, and we start wondering, well, what what would it be like if we were six or 20 steps above? What kind of people would I meet there? We start feeling, and I'm trying to stretch the analogy of the, the steps up the mountainside to make it work where it doesn't really work, but I think you all know what I mean. You start to feel more limited. Somehow this place that for a while felt perfect for you no longer is working in the same way. You don't get the same joy from it. You you feel uh, frustrated because you want more. You're wondering what else is out there, what more is there. And you start to look around and do some exploring. And the more you do that, you become less and less happy with where you have placed yourself. Now, we've all had that. Things have worked for us, and then we get disillusioned, or we feel, uh, you know, this isn't for me anymore. We've all been there. We've all wanted to move on. We really want to see what else is out there. We feel somehow we're not resonating the way we used to at, on that step. But here's the here's the difficulty, guys. It can be difficult to leave that step. Okay, not only is change hard, but we've made, made the friends on that step, right? And we worry that if we leave, that they're going to feel either abandoned by us or betrayed by us. We wonder, will they still be my friend if I'm on now on a different place in the path? Will they... Will they still accept me? Will they still accept me and, and like me just because I'm me? Or or will they be judging me? Will they, and some friends will judge, well, you know, you're making a big mistake. You shouldn't be leaving this path. This is the right path because of course, the right step on the path because of course the others on that step are invested in it just as we were invested when we started. And different people stay invested in a step on a pathway longer than others. And there's no right or wrong. There's absolutely no right and wrong how long it takes anyone to move from a, the various steps. Because we've all done, moved quickly upstairs and we've also built our house on steps. We've done it all. And everybody is a snowflake and there is no right and wrong here. There is no... nobody with a stopwatch saying, okay, you've got to get off that step. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. You're going to lose the race. There is no loser, guys. There's absolutely no loser. Everybody is on their own timing. But when it's your timing, when it's our timing to move off a step, this creates a dilemma. It puts us in doubt. Are we making a mistake? It puts us... Uh, worried how others are going to feel about us. And it also puts us in conflict with others who are firmly on that step. If it's our time to leave that step, by our leaving, it immediately, without even feeling it for many of those people, there can be often a reaction from others that they want us to defend our action. Why is it? And then we move into this conflict, their belief versus our non-belief or our wanting to find something else. And so there can be a lot of conflict in different ways also in this situation or this scenario. Now, that also 
intensifies the self-doubt that we feel because when we have to quote-unquote prove ourselves that our stepping forward or stepping outward or stepping upward, however you want to see it, is right for us, somehow we get placed often in this place where we have to prove what we're doing to other people. And that is a difficult position to be in. Even scientists, you know, proof is really a huge deal in science. And there can be the same experiment over and over and over again. And scientists have learned you never go by one result. You have to do them over and over again. And then it's the preponderance of evidence, the preponderance of results that really is the proof that something works or doesn't work. So being forced into that defensive position is also painful, is also difficult. So what I want to do is I really want to work on this issue for Rebecca because we all have it. We've all been in situations that we want to break out of. If you if you look around the the world today, we have situations where we've kept secrets and we haven't fully expressed our own individuality over and over again. It can be some very minor things like in a relationship where we act as the partner wants us to act. We project a facade and we're not being true to ourselves and it's a kind of a lie. It's Sometimes it's a knee-jerk reaction. We're not even aware we do it, but eventually we often do realize that and then figure out we want we need to be ourselves in a relationship. We can't be someone else. And so we have that. We have people in the 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 world of you know, the gay world where they are or the transgender world or anything like that, where that they are living a lie when they are not being who they feel and they are. And so, but to step out of that box, out of that closet, out of that mansion they built, you know, a step around other people's beliefs is very difficult. Luckily, this day and age, things are getting more and more accepted. What about if you're in some sort of corporate environment and you first get a job there and you feel wow, this is so great, you know, the employees are treated really well, and I like this corporation because it seems to it seems to really take their customers uh, and clients or whatever the kind of corporation is to take their desires in, into mind. They're not just willy-nilly slamming products on them that they don't need. They're really looking at their wishes and what works for them and their work with their customer base and that's you know that's really great to be have a have a corporation be good to their employees and good to their customers but even with that if you're there long enough you begin to see things unravel around the edges that somehow the individual isn't taken into consideration when you have a friend or two or three friends for whatever reason we're having a hard time making it to work on time or uh, had illness problems or children at home that were sick or, you know, had a parent that whatever, and then the corporation came down hard on them because they were missing too much work or coming in too late. And slowly but surely, little things like that began to build up and you began to see, you know, there is 
requirements here. There are shoulds and shouldn'ts here. As good as they are, they're still operating under a more or less rigidified, well, if I let this person off because their mother had a stroke and they need to go take care of her every afternoon and can only work part-time, I'm just giving a made-up example, they, they, the corporation will think, well, if I do it for one, I can't do it for all. So they have a rule, a, you know, our, we can't allow that kind of individual freedom. And after a while at that job, you might start to think, well, what happens if something happens with me? You know, my parents are elderly or my children are uh, still young or whatever. And you start to feel this discomfort or uh, limited and worry and you begin to see the cracks. And the fact of the matter is every single organization, whether it's a corporation or uh, some social um, private thing like Boy Scouts or that's probably a terrible example to use or, or a church or anything, anything has, it, it's built on a foundation of beliefs beliefs and how it should operate and the rules that are made, the the standards or the code of conduct, so to speak, is inherent in the organization, in the situation itself. And so there is practically no one of us that hasn't been involved in some way or somehow in a situation where we felt limited. And it would be very difficult to move out of that place, especially if we'd spent a good deal of our lives there. The good news is that society is really moving in general, although sometimes it may not seem that way, but if you look just 30 years ago, 50 years ago, even 10 years ago in some cases, the idea that if the individual feels more comfortable going a certain path, then it's okay. It's okay. It's right for that individual. It's not right for me, but it's right for them, and I accept them. This this kind of new um, new attitude, in a way, has been absolutely brought to being by those pioneers who have gone out, who have taken the hits, taken the judgments, who have led the way to say, look at us. Don't judge us. We're we're people too, and you know, it's it started. It's been around forever. It started. I mean, I can think of a hundred examples. <laughs> I can think of this country itself, and the the pioneers, the rebels who said, "Hey, we want to govern ourselves," and broke away from 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 England, from Great Britain, so all the way to. The women who decided it was important, women have the vote. Well, those pioneers have to push. They have to. All pioneers have to push. And the it's, it's, it's absolutely like that every time. But and all of these pioneers have come out and said, we're as right, we are as worth, we have the same values as everyone else, even though we may have a different belief system or a different sexual orientation or a different sex period or a different religion or a different anything, we have as much right as everyone else. And slowly but surely, it's really making an impact. I mean, 
I see huge amount of movement, and I'm very excited, and I appreciate all those pioneers. I truly appreciate them. Okay, so I'm going to get off my soapbox, and we're going to go right into the healing now, but I really felt this, this is such an important issue, guys, and I was so thrilled when Rebecca wrote me and told me about it because I immediately saw the ramifications for all of us. And so I'm going to start the healing right now, and I just want to encourage everyone to i got to take a <laughs> take a drink of water so i want to encourage everyone to get comfortable take a few deep deep breaths and relax okay just a sec okay and we're going to begin this healing all right now, I'm immediately seeing, as, as we normally do, guys, I'm seeing the that symbolic wagon wheel. And I'm really actually very happy the higher selves are using the same symbol every week. So I don't have to wonder what's going to happen. It just comes up. And I'm seeing all the listeners, and in fact, past, present, and future on the rim of the wheel. It's a very, very large rim. Um, they're so many people on the rim, and I love that. And actually, as I'm talking, more are coming in. Okay, great. We want everyone and anyone, and anybody on the rim can put people, can call on people. You're allowed to say, oh, well, so-and-so would be really get a lot of help with this healing. So I see that, and now the rim is getting so large, so large, that... It's out of my field of vision. Now that's, I don't know, it's probably happened before, but it is really humongous. And I do believe that the, you know, the call has gone out, so to speak. So there are going to be people coming in, whether there's anyone specifically who's called them in, just to call for anyone who needs help with this, this issue. When we're ready to take a step up the path and we meet the dilemma of change, the dilemma of leaving something that had meant a lot to us and the feeling, uh, all the fear and all of the doubt and all the the um, anxiety about it. So, okay. So here we are on this wagon wheel. And now I want everyone to just begin to focus on my voice. If there are noises in your, wherever you are, just allow them to be in the background, but focus on the voice. And it's just simply a technique to help bring the mind's eye in. We need to bring in our focus of attention, guys. As you know, this is the absolute point um, turn on switch to activate the energies that we need today to do the work. And as we are moving forward, and I encourage you to keep your eyes closed only because it helps with the focus of attention, but as we focus on, as you focus on the voice, I am seeing these little bubbles of the now moment popping up all around the wheel. And the, as I've said before many times, these are an energetic field. It has brought us into the now moment. But we, with this wonderful focus of attention, we're going to start to expand the this energetic field to get larger and larger and larger. And that it... It's going to encompass the totality, not only of the now moment, but of the past and future now moments as well. 
it's going back to encompass the totality of the past nows, starting with when each and every one of us began as minerals, as the very first expression of the originating source. And it encompasses the totality of the whole evolutionary journey that we have been on through the mineral, plant, animal, and human and beyond. And the forever now moments, are, or the future now moments, are ever-evolving moment to moment to moment. So they are in process, they're organic. It is expanding. The future nows are expanding moment to moment to moment to moment. And in this way, and everyone is now encompassed in the totality of what I call the forever now moment. Sometimes I call it the eternal now moment, but it's either one. It means the same. And the it's a huge energy field, just huge, and it encompasses the totality of all of us at the soul level, at the mind level, and at the physical level in the past, present, and future now. So it is a, a space that encompasses many planets, hundreds and thousands of planets because we've all from ant from being animals we have been on many different planets it's only the minerals and plants that's that are on the original planet that they started on but once we all hit the animal kingdom the animals and the the humans move to many different planets over the sojourn through these kingdoms so this space is also encompassing a huge portion of the universe known and unknown Okay, and a huge time space, a, a, a huge amount of time, because we have been doing this evolutionary process for infinite eons of time, from the time we were minerals until this moment, and it's continually expanding. So I call this the time-space continuum, and it is huge. Now, this is a very powerful energy field because it allows the healing that we're going to do today on Rebecca and on ourselves. We are. It allows us to access the totality of who we are. So we're not just working on one situation, one condition, one life. Uh, we are working on everything that connects to the issue at hand, whether it's a physical thing, a mind thing, a soul thing, anything. And all of it, and it all is going to be addressed at once. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to use that focus of attention again. Now that we're standing in this forever now moment, we're going to focus on that beautiful pure soul essence that we all carry. And again, let's think of it as the sun within, the sun being such a powerful thing in its own right by imagining that pure soul essence that we carry as the sun, it immediately connects to that power. The pure soul essence is a part of the originating source. It is everything that originating source was, is, and is becoming. Because as we have our future nows expanding on a moment-to-moment-to-moment basis, so does originating source. It is constantly expanding. Why? Because every single soul at every single level Known and unknown, and trust me, the unknown is infinite. We all are sharing back and forth the originating source to us and us, every experience, every thought, every uh, event, 
idea, belief, everything is being fed back to originating source. So originating source is receiving information from literally infinite, 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 billion, trillion, the cadillion power. So the originating source itself also learns and grows and becomes aware on a moment-to-moment-to-moment basis. And this is really important to understand. I can't explain it now, but it will down the line at some point. So in any case, now we are focusing on that pure soul essence light. It is our purest and most perfect and most potent point of power. And it is what does the work for us today, this divine energy that we carry. And by focusing on it, by symbolic, by focusing on the symbol of the sun, it's not a real sun, but it's the energy behind it, this pure soul essence, divine light. And it's being moved in through and around the totality of our physical bodies throughout the entire forever now moment. And it's being moved out in through and around the totality of our soul mind and encompassing all of who we are at every level, past, present, and future. And as a result, the light within this forever now moment has become so brilliant and there are souls that are coming in, and I've said this over and over again, but it continues to astound me. There are souls coming in that partake of this light because this light carries the totality of all there is. We are all there is. So by activating the light, it is drawing in those because the light has every something for everyone. So every single soul who is ready at, at whatever place they are in their journey, they come in and partake of the parts of the originating source light that is what they need in that moment, what they're ready for in that moment. So now... We're going to also call in and become one with, amalgamate one with the conglomerate higher self. Whoa, that was intense. The minute I said that, it was as if another huge amount of energy came in. And I think it feels so huge because this, these, this higher self energy is actually part of all of us. It's the conglomerate of all of our higher selves. And we all are amalgamating with or becoming one with it but there's a sense of the energy because each of our higher selves are really anchored within they are part of us they are parts of ourselves that have evolved into the higher frequency levels of the divine will and so we also have to invite them in but because they're part of us it's as if we can sense and feel them uh, stronger in a way than the pure soul essence perhaps I know when I do it, I feel a huge amount of energy with the pure soul essence. But when I when I bring in the higher self, it adds to it. It feels more intense. And I think because there's some level of connection that I have with the higher self because they're part of me. So that was amazing. There's just a huge amount of light and help here. I'm inviting in any other higher selves that care to join us as well. And now we're going to do the big merge with the originating source itself. And I saw this energy just flowing in through and around us, as huge as this forever now moment is. And it's way beyond my comprehension in this little 
mind of my 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 own mind, but as huge as that is, that I know at that intellectual level, the energy that flowed in when I called on it was enormous. Just had no problem engulfing. It was like we're a little amoeba being engulfed by by the ocean, and it's the this this beautiful energy which contains that dark energy that I've often mentioned lately where the dark energy is the energy that helps accelerate, give birth to, express, um, expand all this healing and it's going to help with the emerging of who we are and who Rebecca is at the higher levels. We also have the, the divine white light they're really the same but the higher i mean they're part of one another they're all divine energies but the higher selves have somehow symbolically separated them for me so that i become even more conscious of the rebuilding process that goes on in the healings of the and also to in consciousness is power you know with consciousness is power so by understanding that simultaneously not only are we going to be dissolving and neutralizing the old patterns the old emotions the old knee-jerk reactions and viewpoints and beliefs that we have but we're also going to be simultaneously rebuilding ourselves at a another I hate I really am reticent to use the word higher because it in it immediately uh gives the idea that there's going to be people lower than us and I never want to express any kind of anything that 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 in any way denotes or connotes that there are people lower or there's anything lower we're all equal because we all carry that pure soul essence the thing is though for our own unique journey we are moving forward or upward symbolically simply meaning that we are gaining in awareness and gaining in uh, consciousness and gaining in understanding and gaining in health and balance and all of that stuff so that's what I mean that we are just moving forward in our um the the emergence is is us moving forward in our own consciousness. It's not forward past others who we have quote unquote left in the dust because we're better than them. It's not about that. And I think if you have heard more than one radio show, you know that. But I really have to speak it over and over again because the hierarchy thing is very prevalent in our society, and the higher selves are absolutely not there it's all about equality for us and all souls and the some souls have been around a little longer than others you know humans have been around longer than maybe the plants so yeah there's some uh, advantages because we've become more aware and more conscious but it doesn't make us better than so i'm sorry to, to talk about that but i had to bring that up so anyway the this huge energy is as I said, the higher selves are bringing to me the the difference. It's, we carry this energy. It's it's a creative life force energy, and we carry it already within. It's part of our divine energies, but they have quote unquote separated it out because it is just this huge field that is going to f- accelerate and increase the depth of this healing that we do. 
because it's going to be working. Um, I mean, it was always there, but now we know that we're going to have all of that empowerment going on simultaneously while I'm focusing on the neutralizing. The Also, the importance of this becoming one with the originating source is that it is our guarantee we're going to be working at the highest level. Because as we move our way up the mountainside, we will be able to to utilize and manifest higher and higher levels of energy as we go through our growth and awareness and consciousness and clearing and neutralizing and all of that. Our energy field, our energy, um, our abilities to use higher energies are moving upward as well. So the... Um, so it's really important. So now we're in this field. It is just absolutely incredible. And I'm seeing Rebecca moving out onto the hub. As you recall, the wagon wheel has spokes that all go to the hub of the wheel. And the hub is symbolically the platform that I have the people that I heal stand on. And the I'm activating the rainbow bridge energy. So that that is flowing and that automatically uh, connects us to the chakras of the originating source and brings our own chakras, which are energy exchange points, that brings our own chakras into the highest level that we can bring it in, which facilitates release process. It facilitates the exchange of energies going in and out. So as we release the, the all the mucka that we hold at the soul mind level, we are also bringing in those divine energies to move in through and around, whether the physical body or the soul mind, to bring in the healing. Now, the... Okay, so... Okay, well, what what I'm seeing is I'm watching Rebecca symbolically get taller. It's as if she is moving higher and higher, uh, taller and taller. She's She started out really small, I wouldn't say quite as small as a, you know, I, I don't know, a little person, but she's she started out really small, almost child small, and now I see her literally going through, she, I see her growing. And the the indication, this is just a symbol for me to as an indicator that she is in in a phase of growth. She's in a phase of learning and becoming more aware and healing the self and it's all good. She's already growing. But like any kind of growing, they're growing pains. And so that's what she's experiencing, that's what I've been talking about, and I really want to begin the healing to on these growing pains. Now, let's, as I mention things, as I say things, Rebecca and everybody, I want everybody to start to release their growing pains in the into the light so that we can begin to new, do the neutralizing process. I see it already happening. I mean, you know, I, I can tell there are people who've listened to the show before or know me on some level. So, they are already beginning, and right now um, I'm feeling I'm feeling the guilt. And it, the interesting thing is, it's more than just guilt of leaving people. It's more than just guilt that maybe you know I'm not doing the right thing by them, or 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 maybe I'm not being fair. Or maybe I shouldn't guilt for lying to them or whatever. 
it's also like survivor guilt. There's a guilt here which I not would not have thought of, and but it is very present, whether it's conscious or not for you, Rebecca, for any of us. It's almost like you feel this sense of relief or a sense of uh, being so fortunate. There's a lot of gratitude here that you found this this expansion that you've been able to find different viewpoints and you've been able to expand your 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 looking at uh your life and what helps and what wouldn't help you you feel so great about it but you actually feel guilty for having found it when they, people you care about didn't find it yet there's a like it's like survivor guilt when you live and other people don't and you wonder why me it may not be conscious but it is there because honestly as much as i've thought about this issue for 2 days that never came up for me and so i would imagine it's there for all of us it's one of those things because it's not you aren't really a survivor in a sense but you have survived in a in another sense you have made it past the whatever was holding you there whatever you resonate whatever was part of what you were you carried that resonated with the organization you have now healed that to a great extent you have quote unquote survived it and i don't mean healed it because it's not doesn't necessarily mean it was something terrible that held you there but in some cases for some people it would have been a pain and hurt and despair and and fear or whatever could have been why we moved into whatever organization in the first place so it's not but in your case it doesn't feel so much exactly like you've survived but that certainly could be there but it is there for sure it's as if you found some answers that you feel bad that you found it and your friends have not kind of what I'm trying to say, and probably you understand it. And I really, I'm seeing the energy work on it. The energy is moving in through and around the, the totality. It's held at the heart level, chest level. It's it's a real burden. Um, I know soldiers go through survivor's guilt, and it can be absolutely horrendous. And a lot of people who are in some sort of disaster where people die and they don't, plane crashes and things like that, they have tremendous survivor guilt. And I can imagine we've had it in past lives and somehow this thing taps into it if we haven't had it in this life. So I'm, oh, it's really doing good. And not only is it working on you here, but I, and I may not say it every time, but I see it moving into the past and future now and it's really working. It's really working the, uh, it's working the whole pattern throughout the soul process. And it's what I'm encouraged to to just mention is that each and every soul chooses their own death. Each and every soul is choosing the timing on their own pathway, whether it's death or not. Each and every soul is the directing identity for their lives. And so it really, if you're one that does find the way, it's because the timing was right for you in this situation their timing is going to go their own way and they will find it because no soul is ever lost and they may be building their house on this pathway and with this organization but another part of their lives they could be expanding very quickly because there's more to our lives than than one or two arenas we usually have 
multiple arenas going on. So we don't know about their journey. They they have their own priorities set because there is a lot to learn, guys, just so much. We're in the human kingdom for eons, eons, eons of lifetimes. So there's so many aspects of the human condition that we have to learn and become aware and grow and move, et cetera, et cetera. So we can't say about anybody else. And, and so what I'm watching is that building, that re-emergent energy is coming into fray and bringing in this expanded understanding, this expanded acceptance that you are on your own journey you are your own directing identity, and I'm seeing this, this already this emergent you. And if you if you think about the original symbol, it's you you continuing to grow. There's you're you're getting taller already, and so but there's more here. So let's just keep going. Now that survivor guilt really surprised me, but that was a big part of it. Okay, what you know we already know those other guilts that are there. Am I betraying them in some way? Am I abandoning them and all of that? So all of that guilt is being worked on. But what's also coming up is a lot of pain because, okay, there's there's this, okay, we're going to get to the fear. There's fear and pain are mixed up together here. It's like I'm getting this huge amount of stuff. Okay, there's the fear of disappointing them. Uh, you know at some inner level and whether or not everybody does this, it's going to be there in some ways. There, There's going to be all those judgments. And part of it is that you don't want to disappoint anybody. You don't want them to, to think that you're a failure or a loser or that you're making the wrong decision because you don't want to be the failure. You feel empowered by your journey. You feel good about where you're going and how you're moving and disconnecting from the organization feels to you at some very deep levels the right thing to do, but they are not going to see that right off the bat. Maybe a few do. It doesn't mean no one will because in this day and age, more and more people, as I said earlier, are getting behind the individual move, moving uh, movement and individuality, but others won't, and others are going to be disappointed in you. And you're, it's that's very hard to take because it's coming up against your own self feelings of self empowerment. And so I want you to look to, to, to see, release, see the light move in to all that part of you that is afraid that you're going to disappoint others. And this, this comes down to wanting to be something for everyone. It comes down to this part, what you were saying, how you want to be the good, nice girl. And it's all part of that, that you, you, okay. Okay, so, okay, that comes from the idea that your sense of value and worth and sense of acceptance is tied to other people's viewpoint of you. Now, you probably have worked on this before. I don't remember, uh, or I wouldn't know if you had ever worked on this, but it feels as if we need to release some of that lack of self-worth and lack of self-love and lack of self-acceptance because the more of that we have, 
and also the the whole pattern that it's other people that will are going to give to us uh, the positive feelings about ourselves. That it's going to come from the externals, and so it's really important that uh, you you have. I see the light. It's working on it, and it's so interesting. It's like there's so many parts of this. It's now sort of roaring around. Uh, all around, I see like little like whirling dervishes trying to cleanse and cl- uh, cleanse and and dissolve and clean and neutralize all of these little aspects of the lack of self acceptance and the needing to, of getting it externally. Now, what I'm seeing is that you already worked on that. You're already on your way with that, but there were still these pockets that were tied into different things. Because if we have our own sense of self-worth and yours is building and I'm seeing the positive energies, such a busy picture here, building and continuing to empower your emergence as one that carries the the real self-acceptance, the real self-love, the real self-connection and it's becoming more and more powerful. Um, but, But part of what's being cleansed here is the pain of disappointing others, the pain of of it because, okay, wait a minute, it's just really interesting. It's There is a lot of your connections with others were based on you doing for them. Now, it doesn't mean that they, there wasn't give and take. It doesn't mean that, that you didn't have a lot of relationships were balanced. But there were enough in your sojourn where you found a way to build connections, to build bonds, to build uh, people who, you know, you thought you could trust, people who trusted you. And in a way, what I'm seeing here is that those bonds get broken when you pull away and you don't live out of that place. And, gosh, I lost it. Oh, heck a um, It's almost as if you feel you've betrayed them. Not only that they feel that that they feel you betrayed them, but you feel you betrayed them. It's it's a two-way street, but there's another element here. It's bugging me because I had it and it just lost it. Higher self, please. I need it back, please. Um, okay, okay, I'm getting it. It's almost as if you carry some belief somewhere that if you become all that you are, that you, if you become self-accepting and self-loving, in a way, it feels as if you're doing it at their expense, at these other people's expense, because you've broken the bonds and you've left them behind. And you feel like now, without you, because you always were someone who get, gave and did a lot, and with their support, without your support, that they're going to be uh, worse off in some way. 
Okay, so in, there's a part of you that believes that you do it at their expense, that your own self-empowerment, your own individuality comes at their expense, and that is painful. And it may not be conscious because I see it, uh, and it may be, I don't know, because I, you, you probably had issues in this life, but I do definitely see where in other lives where you've moved away and you've been able to bring that self-empowerment into your life and you've been able to uh, move into a place of less suffering, less stress, less um, agony and whatever, you know, in difficult lives, and, and you are doing better, your family is doing better, your, your love, your own, uh, you are doing better, you're able to express and become more who you are, you see the people who you disconnected from, um, not that you did it in a mean way, because it's not about you were mean and terrible to the people in the past, and you wouldn't be that way to the people in the organization. It's not like you, you know, mistreated them or put them down or said it's your fault. It was never that, but you still felt inside that they were worse off and you felt responsible. And it's very painful because it became either I'm responsible and grow myself or I'm responsible for someone else. And you had a difficult time this is one of those polarities. You had a really difficult time with it. So in times where you did find that self-appreciation and were able to move up those steps and, and, and move past wherever you were and wherever you had built those bonds, you did feel like you, you were being, in a way, irresponsible to others. You did feel like you did it somewhat at their expense. And I really want to bring in the neutralizing around all of that because evolutionary process is never about, well, we have to hang back. We, we can't evolve because otherwise, um, you know, we wouldn't be responsible for all these other people. You know, we would be hurting them in some way. And so we, we've built up over the time a deep, misunderstandings and misconceptions and misinterpretations about things and I feel it choking you I feel it in the chest choking you and really it's really um, really difficult for you to give up the idea or to neutralize and dissolve this idea that's really held you very much a prisoner on this level, whatever level it is, this step, this this thing has held you in a very sort of difficult between a rock and a hard place kind of viewpoint. And I really want to start to dissolve all of that. And I'm beginning to see the polarity issues uh, beginning to dissolve because really it's what you said in your, thing, in your email to me, you want to have choice. And if we're held emotionally and by belief in one polarity or the other or both swinging back and forth, what happens is we don't find that balance. We continue to operate within the either or and neither one of them feels right to us. When we're operating being really responsible for others and giving up our own individuality and our own self-worth and our own self-expression, we're not happy because we're not all we can be. 
if we're on the other end and all we do is hang out and do for ourselves or even and and but we have but we are developing ourselves but we have the misunderstanding that it's on somebody else's back we're also not happy neither one is fulfilling and right because of the belief system that that absolutely holds us prisoner it makes us miserable and so i'm watching and the belief systems are the operational all and and i see it in the mind level so i'm actually seeing it working around your head but it's going it's going into the past now and the future now working at the mind level working with the misunderstandings the misconceptions the misinterpretations and the false beliefs and what the higher selves often call and i don't use this term much but it's the limited truth that we carry we find these levels of truth and then we lock into them and that those limited truths they become as limited as anything else and so there was a truth there were truths here to be the good person you had to sacrifice yourself you had to be responsible for others and all of that but there was this inner void this inner void that you weren't whole you weren't self-loving there was something missing and you were missing the connection to the self the development of the self and you've been on this journey for two years and you are building that already and more and more of it are being built today more and more of it you're letting go of more of the deeper underneath layers i see it going all the way down to your torso and it's in essence just pulling energies from the past and future now and I just see it pouring out, pouring out into the light, being neutralized and absorbed. There's still a lot of heartache and a heartbreak, many, many different aspects. It's a very, very complicated pattern, and it has you twisted up in bunches. You have already begun that unraveling pattern of the soul scramble. You've already begun it. It's, you've already been making headway, and I don't think we could have gone this deep if you hadn't been, but there's a lot of stuff you know been going on and i'm very very happy uh, again i feel the grief and the sorrow and the agony coming out because inside you have that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive so deep you always want to be the 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 best you can be you always want to you have that just that very deep desire that purity, purpose, and sincerity of motive. And that is a big motivator for you. But somehow, like for all of us, it gets all caught up with the misunderstandings and all the beliefs and all the false, the limited truth. It's just uh, kind of messy, really messy in there. But I'm watching symbolically. It's as if, you know, have you ever seen a sure on Cinderella? You see, it's not in person. I've never seen it in person, but I've seen it on TV. The like a spinning wheel where they pulling out a thread and 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 making this beautiful thread, like in the olden days with a spinning wheel. And you see what feeds into the thread is just this mishmash of stuff. It's just like a bunch of wool, right? And so, but as it's as you spin the wool, it smooths out. And the this thread comes out, and the wool gets smaller, and the bunch of wool that it's being pulled from gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and eventually, there is no more wool. 
you're done with the spinning for the day, and this is what this is the image I'm getting for you is that this complex as this pattern was is deep and complex and it touched on so many aspects of not only this life but prior lives. It's as if now I'm seeing it just starting to come out that that wool is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and the the pattern is just coming out through the top of your head, moving into the light, and just watching it as it's finishing up. Okay, now I'm going back to the symbol, and you are no longer a size of a small girl, a young girl. You are you have moved into that maturity, that size, of a, the adult size that you are, and you are um, even bigger, I would say, than a normal adult. And I'm feeling just this beautiful, radiant light permeating and your, you, this symbol, which means it's permeating and pulsing in through and around you, the totality of you, and I see it moving down into the future, the totality of the forever now moment, and it's carrying this self-acceptance, it's carrying self-love, it's carrying a very, very expanded uh, level of understanding, that um, clarity of vision and expanded perception. Uh, it is just empowering you even more than you'd already been doing for yourself. And, all right, I don't want to end quite yet. I want to just check in and see the situation in the with you in the organization. And I'm I'm seeing a symbol of you again, it's it's as if the people in the organization are around the edge of the hub of the wheel, not the outer rim. Okay, so I'm seeing you in the center of the symbolic organization. And I see connections with some individuals. Now, some of the connections I'm seeing are broken, but others are actually getting more more connected. They're actually um, growing. And my sense of it is that you are going to speak and express yourself. You may not express the totality of all that you have learned or all that you have um, come to understand. But you will be expressing enough uh, on all aspects of it, uh, the appreciation of all that you got out of it, the appreciation for all the people, the friendship, the genuine quality, and the fact that it isn't there isn't anything intrinsically wrong with the organization. It has beautiful intent. But there is no one thing that does... For that is for everyone all of the time. There's we're all on such unique journey, so we all have options and choices. And and I feel that there are some people there, three or four certainly, that really resonate with what you say. Because believe it or not, you're probably not the only one in the organization that doesn't have a similar. Uh, feelings that you've had, they may not be exactly the same, they may not be to the point where they're ready to leave the organization, but there's going to be some of what you say will resonate with others there. So it won't break the connection. 
the ones where the connection breaks is really um, will not be because of you, because of what you said. It's more that it feels to me that they are not yet ready to move on to the next step forward in their journey or the next uh, level of awareness. And but that's okay. They they know they're not ready at the soul level, and so something what, with what you say will not resonate with them, and so they'll make the disconnection. But it isn't personal. It might feel personal, but it isn't personal. It's just their way of saying, "Well, I'm here in this this organization, um, this doing this." Because it's right for me in the now in the now moment. It may be that they're working really hard in some other area, and they just need the safety zone over here. It's not an area they're really exploring it for the moment. They need the safety zone so they can work on some other area in their life, or maybe they just whatever. I don't know. So, but what I'm seeing is there is going to be some disconnection. I don't feel a lot of harshness around it. I don't feel a lot of, you know, uh, attack. There will, of course, most likely be some behind-the-scenes discussion about whatever you're doing, but I don't feel it is, it's going to be as significant as you might be fearing. Um, you did want to work on fear of rejection. I just brought that into my mind. I think it's been worked on, even though I didn't say it. Hopefully you put it in there. I forgot to say you can put it in things, even if I don't say it. Um but it was tied into that whole thing of getting yourself worth from other people. And so it was very much a part of that. So we, I'm sure it's been worked on, but you can always listen to the healing again and pause it and then throw in all of that fear of rejection in your own words. And most likely you'll get even more stuff. But there was a just a tremendous amount of healing done. The higher selves are indicating to me that the healing has come to an end. And um, they are putting you in a cocoon. They are to help you acclimate because it was a very deep healing. You really, really did a lot. And the emergence was beautiful and powerful and exciting to me. And I do feel there will be more of a comfort level with your having to speak out. You're going to find the way to say it that is true to you without being truth bashing. In other words, you can speak, you'll find a way to speak your truth or speak what's right for you without denigrating their truth. And this is why I don't see, because I do feel you're going to do a really good job with it. I don't feel like it's going to be as traumatic a disconnection as you might think or what you were afraid of, I should say. So, um, so I feel really good about the healing lady. Um, I don't know for sure if Rebecca is listening or not, but um, she's going to be hearing it for sure. And I hope it also helped everyone else. I I was surprised by some of the things that came up, as you know. And But that's the way of the game. There's a lot of stuff from the eons of lifetimes that we just don't hold at the conscious level. We just haven't, we haven't thought about it because there hasn't been a reason yet. And so that whole survivor guilt thing was something. And also the belief that she was 
doing it at the expense of others, as if she was stepping on others in order to feel better about herself, which, of course, was a complete misunderstanding. So I am felt really great about the healing, and I really hope that others did as well. And I do encourage you always, guys, to email me. I know having this in the middle of the workday doesn't work for so many to call in live. But actually, I've made peace with the emails because now I know I have my, I get the emails during the week and then I have my radio show planned and there's no worry, oh, will somebody call in? So I like it. You know, I don't have guests. I don't have people to chit-chat with, like uh, if you have a co-host or a guest on. So it works for me. So I want to give you my email. It's Janet at JanetRichmond.com. It doesn't mean that people can't call in. Absolutely call in anytime. It doesn't mean that you can't, but I'm just saying I don't want people to think, oh, maybe I should call the giver a caller. It's not, I don't want anyone to feel pressure. <laughs> I just want to encourage those who can call in to call in. But if not, certainly email me, Janet at JanetRichmond.com. I would absolutely love to do a healing for anybody. And that goes for those who I met at the at the uh, the expo. I did hear from someone who joined my meetup group, and it's local, so people who are listening that are not local can't go, but I do have this meetup group once a month, and, you know, he was wanted to know if I had any meetups that I didn't charge for, and I charged him dollars a person. It's not a lot, but for him, whatever the reason, he, he that was a, a problem for him. So I was so glad because I thought, whoa, no, I don't have any meetups that I don't charge for, but aren't I lucky? I have the radio show. He can email me his issue and then I can do it on the radio. So I haven't written him yet because I just got that email this morning and I haven't gotten on the, the computer yet. But I love this. I love the fact that I have an avenue for those people who can't come to the meetup or can't afford a private session or whatever. I'm really happy to have this this ability to do the healings online. So please do feel absolutely give yourself total permission to email me again, Janet Richmond, Janet at JanetRichmond.com, and I will incorporate you into the show. Last thing, I'm not going to go on and do more of the polarities, which is what I was going to do today, but that healing was pretty intense, so I'm going to end the show for the moment. But I do want to remind you all, I am not on going to be on next week. And so the I will be the following week because I'm, I'm going to be traveling next week with my kids. We're going skiing. If you missed the beginning of the show, we're going skiing together, and it's going to be really fun. And my daughter's uh, fiancé, or her boyfriend, I should say, um, is coming, too. So we are going to have fun and enjoy ourselves, and I will be back in two weeks. I believe it will be the 25th. Yes, I think it's the 25th. So in the meantime, have a wonderful two weeks. I wish you all the best, and I will say goodbye. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for to Rebecca and all the listeners, past, present, and future.
Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.